Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty. So you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. What's up, I Do Podcast listeners? Welcome to the show. 
where we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed. On today's show, we welcome Dr. Jane Greer, and Dr. Greer is a nationally renowned marriage and sex therapist, radio host of the Dr. On Call Show, and creator of Shrink Wrap. Her book, What About Me? Stop Selfishness from Ruining Your Relationship, is available nationwide, and Dr. Greer has so much great information for us today, where we talk about how to know if you should take that relationship to the next step. So we've had a lot of you guys message us asking, my partner wants me to move in or my partner wants me to move cross country to move in together and I'm just not sure. So we talk about taking that next step and I love how Dr. Greer gives us practical tools. So something as simple as Asking, hey, what side of the bed do you like to sleep on? And making sure that that's not going to be an issue. It sounds silly and kind of elementary, but it's an important thing because those things add up. Living with another human being is complicated. Some of us are really particular about where you like things. I'm not necessarily. I'm actually pretty messy. And Sarah is quite a bit cleaner. He is very messy. It's all relative. (laughs) But that's an example where had we just not really been living together a little bit before we made something official, she may not know that I tend to leave my clothes out everywhere. And then all of a sudden I move in without ever really spending much time living together. And I'm just driving her nuts because I'm a complete slob. (laughs) I'm not that bad. But and that could become a real... uh, point of tension for the relationship and it's just not going to be a good situation. So that's some practical things, but then emotionally on a psychological level, as far as if the other partner is meeting your needs and if you're meeting theirs and how to figure that out, the questions to ask yourself and the questions to ask them to really have the conversations that you need to have before getting engaged before moving in together before these big things it's so funny and that a lot of times this is just not happening i hear of people that they're they're getting married and they've they've never even lived together until after they're getting married and now i'm sure some of the times it works out but man i i couldn't imagine because that's just a it's an abrupt thing even if you're going to seamlessly go into that relationship after getting married and and you're going to live together and it's easy, but a lot of times it's not. So Dr. Greer has a lot of great information for us on the show. And as always, we really appreciate you guys listening, sending us messages, emails with your, with your problems, with your ideas for topics and for leaving us reviews on iTunes. And you can always support the show by leaving us a review. We really appreciate it. We love it when we hear that our guests in our interviews are helping you in your relationships. And I do want to make one point. Um, we had a listener leave a review a couple weeks ago, and they mentioned how um, the podcast wasn't so 50-50 in regards to Chase and I evenly sharing the mic. And I, you know, I just want to say that 
I totally get that. And I am trying my best to improve. I think Chase is really good at what he does. And I'm trying to get there. So I just want to say that I am trying and thank you guys so much for sticking around. I know I'm not on the mic all the time, but I am here and trying to help you guys improve your relationship. I'm just a blabbermouth. I know <laughs> I know Sarah's voice is much sweeter and nicer to listen to. So No. You got a nice voice. Well, at any rate, we appreciate you guys listening and enjoy today's show. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Dr. Greer. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. We've given our listeners a little overview, so why don't you take a minute, tell us about yourself and why you enjoy helping people improve their relationships. I love working with people to help them make their relationships better because so many times when I'm working with couples, they are caught up in loving one another and not quite figuring out and understanding why they make each other so miserable. And so there's the desire to be together and have fun and, and, you know, just enjoy life and time together. And yet there's all this other unwelcome, unexpected stuff that comes along, the fighting, the bickering, the why did you say that, the I'm upset with you, I'm mad at you. And for me, being able to give couples the skills, the the tools, if you will, for, for being able to talk to each other in a very different way that is not laced with blame and criticism and, and uh, cutting comments, but instead is packed in love and caring and support. And, you know, it's like what a chiropractor must experience when they are able to massage that knot in your back out and suddenly a person is not only out of pain but walking straight and able to enjoy sports. That's what it's like when couples get along and are able to talk and communicate and hear one another and are not walking around harboring resentment and anger. It just changes the landscape of your life together. So I, I love that. I love that analogy. Doesn't it feel good when you get that back cracked and now suddenly <laughs> suddenly you're able to move better. So those things in the relationship can be valuable too. And and I love how you said uh that to help couples not make each other so miserable because it's like the cliche love hurts because it can be so good and 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 it is a lot of times but there our our partners our our loved ones know how to push our buttons how to get under our skin so that's why the information that that we get on this podcast and give to our listeners can be so valuable to help navigate the the good times but certainly the the bad things and Today, there's so many things we could talk about with you because you, you have so much experience, but we've been getting a lot of listeners sending messages and they ask us, they're unsure if they should take that next step in the relationship. So an example would be, 
someone asking, we had a listener ask if they should move cross country for their boyfriend and they were just up in the air and that that is a big thing or but the same thing could be applied to moving in together if you already live in the same town but or certainly getting married these are all things that you you might like this person but taking that next step moving in getting engaged those are those are big steps and it's important for someone to recognize uh, the qualities that maybe Early in the relationship, it's hard to see because you're you're drunk and in love, and and you don't see the the key things that are going to make it a lasting relationship. So, let's jump right in. And what is one of the first things someone needs to recognize before taking that big step? So, actually, you know, a lot of times when people are trying to evaluate a relationship, is this is this a good relationship? Should I go forward with it? Are we ready for the next step? They do a lot of external checking, looking at the other person, how are they, who are they, what are they doing for me, what are they willing to give to me. And I actually encourage people a lot more often to look inward because being ready to move in with somebody, even if it's across town or move in, even if it's across country, really has to do with how ready are you to compromise, to share, comma, in a way that is not going to feel like giving up or losing out. And by that I mean, when you move in with somebody, you have to share space. You have to share time and space. And we all get that, but most people don't get what that actually breaks down to. It's like taking a fraction, you know, a hundred over a thousand and turning it into a half and breaking it down, although I'm not very good with math. Having said that, it really breaks down into, well, wait a minute, I need that closet. What do you mean you're taking the closet? Well, what are you, why are you leaving dishes in the sink? That's not how I do things. It's, it's why are you coming home at 6 o'clock when I wanted to go out to the movies at 7.30? Sharing time and space and accounting for your mutual needs and being able to find constantly, continually work at finding that middle ground and compromise so both people feel their needs are being considered without one person feeling resentful is very challenging. And so a lot of it has to be, do you, is your partner ready to do that? Meaning, are they going to be flexible and um, responsive to your needs and accommodating? For example, one of the people that I was that I see um, was exactly this. It was read, oh, we're ready to move in together. We're ready to take the next step. And so they were at their partner's um, apartment, and they got there and realized there was no space for them, truly in the closet, and maybe there were like two drawers. And so it became an issue, like, well, wait a minute. You're going to have to make space for me. You're going to have to make room for me. And, of course, people have very different styles. Most people, usually the person who's very organized and neat and doesn't want a lot of stuff out is with somebody who loves to have their things out and leave their stuff on the chair and put their things on the table. And so immediately it's like, well, wait a minute, aren't you going to clean up this table? And the other person is, what do you mean clean up the table? That's my stuff. I know where it is. <laughs> you know, so... You have to be ready to compromise and share. And if you're going to take an inventory on your partner, they have to be ready and willing to have conversations and discussions with you about compromise and sharing space and the logistics so that both people will feel that they have enough of what they need. 
I laughed a little when you said, uh, when you mentioned about leaving your stuff everywhere, because that's kind of like Chase and I's really, he's rolling his eyes at me right now as I say this. <laughs> but I mean, we're, we're similar to that where when we first moved in, he likes to leave his stuff everywhere. And I'm not the cleanest person, but I do tend to want to keep things tidy. But on that note, do you have any recommendations when it comes to moving in? Is it better that two people get a new place together or should one person move into the other person's? Is there any more of a success rate? You know, that, that's a great question, and obviously the optimal ideal is to be able to go out and start with your new place and space together, but the reality is that finding a new place, timing for people, availability, financial cost makes it oftentimes just impossible, you know, so inevitably one person very often moves into the other person's home, and usually that's the person's home where they've migrated to along the way, where, where suddenly it's reached the point where you're making so much draw space or you're there so often that getting your stuff from your place is such a hassle that you say, you know what, just on a practical level, it makes more sense for me to be here and have all the things that I need. So, But what is really important and what's really helpful is to mark that you're going to be moving in together, like that you're officially defining that you're moving in together. And then talking about what your needs are going to be in terms of living. Like, all right, look, I'm going to move into your place, but I need at least a closet or I need at least four drawers or I'm going to look for, you know, this side of the bed or let's just talk about, you know, the TV. How are you going to be if I want to stay up and watch television because I know you like to go to bed early do I need to watch outside in another room? Do we need to get a headset? So that you start to look at all the corners that are going to need to get turned, where you're going to need to take sharp turns and navigate your differences so that they don't become combative arguments and cause for resentment. It's so important, like we talk about so much on this show, and I'm sure the advice that you're giving your clients, but communication, because it's it's one thing to to hear this and and understand what the information you're giving but it's another to actually apply it and straight up ask your partner before you're moving in before you're taking that next step like even if you need to write it out like how are we going to navigate sharing this space and it's going to maybe seem a little tedious or a little silly or elementary but it will save you a lot of headache and there won't necessarily be those big surprises when someone's like, no, I need the right side of the bed uh, when, when right, I'm moving exactly. in. So it's, it's <laughs> such important information. You said it because, you know, you're used to sleeping on your side of the bed. Suddenly you're sharing a bed and if you both want the right side, you've got an issue right out of the gate and nobody saw it coming. So, it, you know, people don't, you think you're, oh, we're in love and this is wonderful and she wants to be with me all the time and he wants me to move in with him. And that's wonderful. The, the only thing is to deal with the practicalities of it and not just think your love will carry you through. Because the only place your love is going to carry you through is to the next chorus and verse in a song. It's not going to carry you through, you know, some of the, the, the speed bumps and um, potholes that life offers in living together. In addition to communicating 
those requests or what you like to have in your living space, do you recommend any other tools, maybe writing it down, not making a contract, but something where it's more of a a physical thing where people can look at it and reference back to it if needed? Well, you know, it's always good to write down what, you know, what you think you're going to want to have in place or what you think your partner wants to have in place and go over. But a lot of times you don't know it until you're in the midst of it. For example, one gal moved into her boyfriend's apartment and so she was cleaning up and making things spiffy and putting things in place. And so she moved the chair, (laughs) you know, it was just a chair. And here she'd clean the entire room and the apartment and everything was nice and spanky clean. And of course, you know, the way this is going to end, he comes home and is like, why'd you move the chair? (laughs) So (laughs) my chair, people are very territorial about their space and have all kinds of feelings about their, their belongings being displaced. And so if you, if you write down or address ahead of time, look, if I clean things or put, is there anything you want me to leave alone? Is there anything you want me not to touch? Are you going to be okay if I look to paint the room? The things that you want to do, make a list of those things, of how you'd like to kind of make your new living space your own, particularly if you're moving into your your partner's place, and then share that with them. You know, here are a few things I was thinking about. I would like to add a couple of paintings. I had a couple one time. She didn't realize that he he was a a devout uh, sports fan, and he had... All the, um, I forget which team it was, the, the, the Red Sox, all this Red Sox paraphernalia. And she was like, there's stuff everywhere in the apartment. And what about me? You know, which is the title of my book. What about me? One person experiences the other person's needs as being completely selfish. And the other person's like, well, but why? So writing down what you think you're going to need and going over that with your partner ahead of time always will put you one step ahead of the game. These are all really great practical tips for for this circumstance of taking the next step, moving in. And I'm kind of curious, and I'm sure our listeners are, is besides the practical stuff, on more of a, I guess, emotional, psychological level of, of needs being met emotionally, how would someone know that, a partner that's like, yeah, hey, move cross country. We've been dating, I don't know, six months, but we're madly in love. It might seem a little impulsive. What are some questions that they can ask themselves and maybe even their partner to, to see if emotionally um, that is the right decision? Well, I think, you know, it's um, the question is, am I, it's always about what am I gaining as opposed to what am I losing? And so asking yourself, are you, do you feel that you're happy and gaining a partner that you can trust and will be supportive of you, that you feel will have your back and be in your corner? Um, Are you able to talk about and work out some of the differences that you have and the difficulties that you have? Are you able to share certain you know, um, tastes and, and habits together so that if there are things you don't like, you're able to spend time apart and do the things that are important and come back together. 
it's it's really do I feel understood by this person? Do I feel supported by them? Do I feel accepted by them? Do I feel understood by them? And can I trust them? Those are really the important things. Yeah, and those are all great things that that someone should be considering. And it's easy, I think. I'm just picturing Sarah and I's relationship was very gradual the way we kind of started off and let in. And and there wasn't, I guess, like a dramatic uh, thing where she had to move cross country or or – it, and there wasn't even it just kind of naturally happened where she was spending more and more time at my apartment and and so we were kind of living together in a sense and I'm sure this is a lot of other relationships too and we were sort of feeling each other out that way but then I hear of people who are getting married and they have never lived together or you know obviously one party is spending the night spending a lot of time at the other person's house, but it's a completely different thing when, when you're completely together. So the practical tips that you were giving are super important. And then emotionally asking yourself the question, does this person understand me? All of those things you were saying to me, it's, it's about making sure that the relationship is not just surface level that, okay, you have fun together. Okay. You're, you're sexually attracted, but after all that's said and done, like what are you gaining on a, on a deeper level uh, for yourself and, and through the relationship is, is such an important question to consider. Yeah, absolutely. So let's translate it into what does this all mean? Support, being understood, having empathy. So it looks like this. You come home from a, a long day where you just, you know, had a harrowing experience with your boss or your colleagues and, 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 empl- and, uh, employees that, that you're managing are being difficult or your you know your friend is being obnoxious and you know unavailable to you in whatever ways and in whatever it is you're upset and you come in and um, want to talk to your partner and let it off your chest and they're not interested I don't want to hear this I had my own troubles from today to keep it to yourself I'm not interested let's just go on about today so that's one scenario or you've had a long, long, long day and you're, and you're completely depleted and you want to come home and just open your mail and retreat and not talk to anybody and not deal with anything. And your partner's like, all right, come on, let's talk. Let's go over what we're going to do for the weekend. I want to tell you what happened with, you know, um, my friend or the kids or my mother, whatever. So those are just two of a thousand different scenarios that can happen at one point in any given date to a couple. And so being supportive, being understanding means that instead of the person who comes home and wants to talk and their partner doesn't want to hear it, their partner can say, I'm sorry you had a really bad day. I'm sorry to hear that. I'd like to be able to go over with you. I'm feeling a little you know, worn out right now. Can we talk about it later tonight or maybe tomorrow? So that instead of just rebuffing them or saying, look, I'm not interested. I can't deal with this right now. They relate to the distress that their partner's in and tell them when they'll be available so that instead of their partner feeling rejected or neglected, they feel cared about, even if they're not having a hands-on conversation right at that point. And the same thing, the other person is coming home and they're exhausted and they don't want to have a conversation. Instead of their partner feeling they're not interested in me, they haven't seen me all day, now they don't even have 10, 15 minutes to talk to me, instead by communicating and saying, look, 
I'm so happy to be home. I'm so happy to see you. And I want to spend some time, but I'm absolutely knocked out from this day. I need to reboot. I'm going to take a half an hour, go through the mail, watch a little TV, get my energy back, and then the night is ours. And then I'm, and then I'm on hand and we can spend some time. All of that will make all the difference in the world. But most people don't do it. Most people get caught up in what I call the tit for tat. The person who's exhausted from work comes home expecting their partner to know they had a really rough day. And if I say I'm exhausted, you shouldn't hassle me and expect anything more of me. I had a bad day. And the other person expects their partner to come home and know that they've been waiting or they are looking for companionship or they haven't seen them. And to be able to say, look, you know, there's nothing more I want to do than talk to you. Nothing's more important. So nobody speaks to the feelings that each person needs to hear so they don't feel related to. They feel rejected, ignored, misunderstood, and neglected instead, where the right communication can give you a bridge across the water. Without it, they both implode. And I cannot tell you how many times I see this with couples all the time. I mean, you know, there are certain Achilles heels spots for couples, and one of them is when they reconnect after a day and come together, how they meet and greet and spend time with each other, given where they're each coming from and what they've been through respectively on any given day. What do you tell your uh, clients to kind of get over that hump? Are there any specific tools that they can use to prevent those big arguments at the end of the day? Well, I, encourage them to talk to one another about their needs. Look, I need some time to re-energize or I need, I need some adult conversation if they've been taking care of a, of a, of a baby or children or if they're you know not working, looking for work. I, I need to run things past you. So first to address what your needs are with each other and then to acknowledge that you want to meet the other person's needs, but you're dealing, here's what I'm dealing with, and then move into a problem-solving mode. All right, how do we work it out? If you need a half an hour, you know, instead of taking an hour and just going into the room and watching TV, supposing you took a half an hour, rebooted, and then could we talk and meet? So that you've got to be able to acknowledge the other person's needs, the way that they feel, and then figure out together how to find a middle ground. I love that. And, and Sarah and I have been doing this lately where we both work from home and we have a almost two-year-old daughter and we both have a lot of work and it's been pretty stressful. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, to similar situations. Um, don't have babysitters, don't have a lot of family to watch her. So we have to talk to each other and work out, okay, how can I help you uh, – I'm going to watch Stella while you work and we basically come up with a schedule each day and and develop something where we're able to compromise and meet halfway rather than me getting frustrated that I don't have enough time to work and and it can just and it and we've have been in that situation where that in the beginning we weren't communicating well on that and and it was frustrating so it's so important to to really stop and and talk about each other's needs and if you're considering moving in or taking that next step 
these are key things that you want to start early in the relationship, not after you've moved cross country to, uh, to, to live with your partner. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes people will say to me, oh, it doesn't feel romantic, though, to have to talk about all this. And I say to them, well, here's the thing. If you want to keep the romance, this is your insurance policy, because by talking about it, it will clarify things. It'll carve the way for both of you to be clear and know what you're getting into and some of the changes you're each going to make. And most importantly, that these changes you're both making mindfully with intention because you want to, not because suddenly you're forced to out of the, these new living arrangements. Exactly. Well, there's so much great information we've given our listeners. If you're considering taking that next step, hope you took notes and apply this stuff before you make that move. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, talk space. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests, but a lot of times to really see change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's one word, and you will get $30 off your first month. That helps the podcast, it helps us, and it's going to help you. So again, that's Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's I and you will get a $30 discount on your first month and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? One tool to improve your relationship on a daily basis is to say something positive and acknowledging where you express appreciation for what they are doing. And so often the smallest things, whether it's a cup of coffee or doing the grocery shopping or picking up the kids, whatever it is that are, that are, that's sort of standard responsibilities that, that each one knows you're handling get just taken for granted and the other person doesn't really know that you know what they're doing and appreciate it. But to say, listen, for the record, thanks for doing that. A small thank you is like a home run on a daily basis. Absolutely. That can go so far in helping the relationship. Is there a book or resource you can recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationship? Well, absolutely. I would say then you want to read my book, What About Me? It came out of listening to everybody talking in, you know, in their relationship. But what about me? You know, you want this, but what about me? And it's called What About Me? Stop Selfishness from Ruining Your Relationship. You can get it at Amazon.com. You can go on my website, drjanegreer.com. My favorite chapter in it is 
chapter two, if you loved me, you would, because that is the working assumption that everybody has with every need they have and every request they have of their partner. And I get this from, if you loved me, you would eat Italian food. If you loved me, you would have sex four times a week. To the flip side of it, if you loved me and you know I hate Italian food, you would never ask me. If you love me and you know that I'm exhausted and only want sex once a week, you would only ask me for once a week. <laughs> so there is the ch- therein lies the, uh, yeah. <laughs> the challenge of living and loving one another and making a life together. Great. We'll also have uh, your book on your show notes page on our website at idopodcast.com and our listeners know to go there and click on the link and they'll be able to buy it right through Amazon as well. Wonderful. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Congratulations. Yeah. Well, I would say having made it through the first two years, that's a good solid down payment mm-hmm. on the next years coming around the bend because the first two years are really hardest. You, you, you're going through everything we've been talking about, working out who does what, who gets what, who has what, you know, whose friends you're spending time with, how many times you're seeing each other's family. So it's sort of like all the negotiating goes on in the first couple of years. And so now it's about looking at your future together, planning out your short-term goals together, and most importantly, enjoying your time together so that you don't get too caught up in daily living and lose sight of why you're in love, why you're living together, and how happy you make each other and how you want to please each other so that you don't let what I call in in What About Me a little um, paper cut build and build. You know, one paper cut is just tiny and it's annoying and it doesn't, you know, all right, it goes away. But 10 paper cuts and ow, you can't use your hands. And a lot of times people will have a paper cut and let something incidental. Oh, it's not that important. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. So for now, pay attention to the small things, tackle them in the moment so that you're not dealing with anything that's going to become too hot to handle. What advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Well, um, I would say the most important thing is to keep putting yourself out there. I mean, people have all kinds of apprehensions or reservations about how they go about meeting somebody. I, I hear I work with people. They don't want to go online. I work with people. They don't want to talk. But truly, if you're if you put yourself out there in whatever way is comfortable for you, if you don't want to go online, get out, take a walk, talk to somebody when you're online at the grocery store or the drugstore or waiting to get into a restaurant, put yourself out there, go to a party, put yourself out there, ask your friends, do you know anybody you could connect me with? Put yourself out there, go online and say, you know what, I'm just going to use this as an opportunity to meet other people, but more importantly, to learn more about myself. So that you don't feel like you're going through all this trial and error and, uh, you know, this one does, you know, like this one and he's no good and she's no good. But rather, huh, I didn't realize that I felt like this about this book or that place to travel or this would upset me in conversation till I was talking to this person. So use being single and meeting somebody as an opportunity for more self-discovery. Put yourself out there. I like that motto. 
(laughs) Well, we've really enjoyed having you on the show today. So let's wrap up by having you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Thank you. Well, you can find me in, if you're um, looking for phone, you can reach me at my New York office, uh, 212-688-7020. You can find me on my website, drjanegreer.com. And you can reach me um, at my email, drjanegreer at me.com. That's D-R, no period, J-A-N-E-G-R-E-E-R at me.com. Our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thanks so much for taking the time to come on the show today. Thank you for having me. You guys are adorable and great and lots of good luck in the years ahead. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.